the Bible says in James chapter 1, count it all joy when you find yourselves in type, uh, diverse temptations. I don't know about you, but I don't like to hear that, especially when I'm going through stuff. Nevertheless, it's there in the scriptures. So tonight we're going to talk about rejoicing in your situations. And I know that in my 53 years of life, I've seen my share of stuff. Some were self-inflicted, but then there are others that just came unexpectedly. And tonight we want to talk about how we can rejoice in our situations. And you know we've all been through stuff and it's very hard to rejoice and have joy when you're in pain, when you're suffering, and, uh, and your faith is being tested. And it's just not a pleasant experience and not a pleasant place to be. But yet, James tells us to count it all joy anyways. When he wrote this letter, he was writing to the 12 tribes or the Jewish Christians that were scattered abroad throughout the country because of the intense persecution that they were facing. And James' thoughts were, or his idea and his encouragement and his wisdom was to count it all joy. But I believe that there's, uh, in order for us to successfully go through stuff and to be able to rejoice in those situations, we need to have the proper attitude. I think that's so important, especially among Christians. Having the right attitude is so important when we're facing situations in our lives. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to tell you about something about proper attitude. You see, attitude determines atmosphere. Have you ever been with somebody with a nasty attitude? You know how, you know how it affects the place and affects you, right? Well, if you, if you have a nasty attitude, if you have a stinky attitude, your life will stink. Amen. I call it stinking thinking. I like what Proverbs says in chapter 23 and verse 7. It says, for he, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so it's so important for the believers to have the proper attitude when going into these trials. And so there are three types of attitudes that we can learn from and glean from in the book of James. So if you, if you have your Bibles, go to James chapter 1, if you are, unless you're already there. And then we're going to pray. And I'm going to ask the Lord to guide me here tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, as we come to you tonight, expecting to hear from you, Lord. Words of wisdom, words of life, words of encouragement, words of hope. Father, words of direction that will help us and allow us to apply these things in our lives. And Father, we look to you because you're the greatest God. You're a great God, a God of all wisdom. And Lord, tonight we ask that you bring that wisdom down to us. Father, I ask that you speak through me, Father God. Articulate your will, your word. In such a way, Father God, that will be easy for them to the listeners, Father, to receive. I pray that you open up their hearts and their minds and give them a ready mind to receive your word and your instructions. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word will be like a seed planted deeply into their hearts. So in, in the end, Father, these seeds will grow and develop and bring forth much fruit in their lives. Father, we thank you for your word to bring forth deliverance, salvation, direction, Father God. And Lord, we thank you for the Holy Ghost to lead and guide us. Move mightily on our behalf to minister to us tonight. Speak through me and have your way. 
And for this, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I want you to look at James chapter 1. In beginning in verse 2, James says, My brethren, that's you and I, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. One of the first attitudes that we need to develop when we're facing trials is to expect trials. I'm going to say that again. One of the best ways to develop our attitudes when we're facing trials is to expect trials. I want you to notice what, what uh, James says in the second verse. Notice he didn't say, count it all joy if you fall into diverse temptations. It's not what he said. He said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. So that word when doesn't allow much room for doubt. Amen? Amen. We are urged to be joyful, not if we face trouble, but when. Amen. Amen. I want you to look at that word fall into because it gives us a sense of something that comes unexpectedly. It gives us a sense of a, of a, of a person walking down a road and falling into the hands of robbers. Something totally unexpected. Or how about a man going to work and putting a full day's work? And at the end of the day, just before he goes home, his boss calls him into his office and hands him a pink slip and says, you're laid off. Completely unexpected. Or if you're going to the doctor's office for a regular routine checkup, and then you find that there's something terminally wrong with you, something that's unexpected. Or you get a phone call and you find that your teenagers uh, run away or in a hospital. These are things that happen in life. And when the Bible refers to these diverse temptations, it's referring to things that happen, afflictions, difficulties, and pressures that are part of everyday life. And also the devil. And so these things do occur. And James gives us or implies here that temptation will come. Testings will come. The word temptation simply means to test or to prove. <clears throat> Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. So trials and problems, situations can be joy robbers if we lack the proper attitude. 1 Peter chapter 4. Let me turn in myself. Listen to what Peter says. <clears throat> Verse 12. Said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But verse 13 says, but rejoice inasmuch as you partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Notice what Peter says. He said, think it not strange concerning these fiery trials. See, he calls it the same thing. That 
and he says, which is, which is to try you or test you as though some strange thing happened to you. We should not be surprised when things happen. What happens is that when we, you know, it's not like we don't know these things happen. We do. It's just that, but we're like, what, like these people that say, well, that'll never happen to me. You know what I'm saying? And it's not like we, and it's not like we, like we have to wait around the corner waiting for something to happen. Because the Bible says, be vigilant and be sober. For your adversary, the devil, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So there's a sense of uh, vigilance that we need to have. <clears throat> but not that we walk around in fear expecting something bad to happen. But because we're believers, especially because we're believers, we stand a chance to, to face more trials and more persecutions along with the everyday life. So, but we still need to be aware of the fact that this stuff does happen. And so when we, act, we develop this attitude knowing that it will, it helps us to prepare for it when it comes. And we're not surprised, like Peter says, don't be surprised, don't think it's strange. It's part of life. Amen. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Trials will come. Expect them. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Listen to what Paul says. Beginning verse 8. He says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. <coughs> Sounds to me that Paul was going through some stuff. Go to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, Paul comes back to Ephesus and he called all his elders one last time and gives them a final address. Because this is probably the last time he's going to see them. <clears throat> and uh, listen to what he says. Let me turn there myself. Beginning verse 17. And from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you all, at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and with temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. That word temptation is the same word used in James chapter 1. Look down in verse 23. Uh, verse 22. And behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and affliction abide me. But look at his attitude. Verse 24. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. So that, look at, so that I might finish my course with joy. Paul was about to go to Jerusalem. And he doesn't know what he's about to face. But he knows, according to the Spirit of God, that bonds and affliction faces him. So he knows that stuff is going to happen. He's going to meet up with it. But he says, none of these things move me. Man, you know, if we can come to a place in our lives where whenever we face trials, 
we can have the same attitude. Because we know they're coming, but it should never move us. But yet we should move forward with joy. Fulfilling God's purpose. Hallelujah. John is, in John's Gospel, chapter 16, in verse 33, Jesus himself says this. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. He says, in this world you shall have tribulations. But now I love what he says after that. But be of good cheer. Be joyful. For I have overcome the world. <laughs> Glory to God. So the child of God will face trials in this life. But count it all joy. I said count it all joy. So the first attitude is to expect trials. The second attitude that we learn to, need to learn to develop is to enjoy the trials. I said to enjoy those trials. To enjoy those trials. James says, count it all joy. The word count means to consider or to think of it, which literally means to think of it as a joy when you fall into virus trials. Consider it. In other words, regard it as something to be joyful. You're not to consider it as though it's some sort of a punishment from God. Whether if it's some, some sort of curse or calamity. But no, he said to regard it as something to be joyful. Now, there's a reason for that, but we'll get to that. So, let's be honest. Okay, let's, let's be perfectly frank here tonight. How many of you actually, well, let me just say this. The word joy means to be cheerful or to have a calm delight. So, imagine yourself going through stuff and then being calm delightfully or being cheerful. Now, come on. Let's be honest here. How many of you actually become cheerful when you're going through stuff? Oh, well, praise the Lord. We've got a few here. Oh, well, all right. Praise God. We do have a few. But it's a challenging thing because who does that? Not many of us. Because the first inclination that, that, that happens, it's only human nature, but whenever we get into stuff or we face situations in our lives that are difficult and trying, we want to complain. We want to get frustrated. We want to get angry. I mean, it's not that we want to, but it's just human nature to become angry, to become frustrated, to get disgusted, sometimes even get angry with God. I've been there. But Paul has a wonderful, I mean, James has a wonderful alternative, a much healthy alternative. He says, count it all joy. So when certain circumstances make us angry, we need to be joyful. We need to be cheerful. And again, there's, there's a reason why, and we'll get to that. So trials should be faced with an attitude of joy. And this is not a joyful anticipation for trials. It's not something, it's not like we're looking forward to it. It's not like we're looking that it, you know, wishing that it comes. But it's a joyful experience while going through the trials. Amen. So we may not be able to understand the specific reasons. And, and let me say this. 
When these trials come, they, God does not put those trials in your life. Okay, let me make that very clear. God does not put that in your life. But, on the other hand, sometimes God will allow us to go yes. through this stuff. Because James says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying or the testing or the proving of your faith will produce patience. And so when we learn to develop an attitude of expecting trials and then to rejoice while you're in those trials with the knowledge that or I should say the confidence of the end results. I like what Jesus said in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. After Paul writes, a, 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 has a full chapter on faith and all the great men and women of faith and what they've accomplished. He goes on in chapter 12 and verse 1 and says, seeing that you have this such great cloud of witnesses. And in verse 2 he says, looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith who with the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And what was the result of that? He was exalted highly and seated at the right hand of the Father. Not only that, but he also provided redemption, sanctification, salvation, and deliverance for a people of God. But we can learn from uh, Jesus' example because even though he knew that he was about to face the greatest trial in his life, he went with it with joy because he was looking at the end result. So he had that confidence in knowing that this is just a trial. This, my faith is being tested here. You know, picture it like this. When you're going through trials, think of it as you going to battle, but God is battling right there with you. You know? Because God will never let you, matter of fact, go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. <clears throat> Listen to what Paul says. Verse 13 says, there hath no temptation or trials, that same word temptation, has taken you but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Paul says that these temptations, these trials that come your way to test you, to prove you, to get you to a place where you become strong and, uh, and effective for the Lord. He said, they're not uncommon. Don't be surprised. Don't be, don't be taken by surprise. They're coming. <clears throat> but here's what I love what he says. <clears throat> he will not allow these temptations to overcome you. Or allow them to test you beyond your strength or your ability. Because God is faithful. I want you to look at this. He says, and he will make a way of escape so that you might be able to bear it. That word, way to escape, is an interesting word. It's, it's, a, it's a Navy term. In the old days, and you'll find this in the book of Acts. 
and when they're in the, those wooden boats and they face a storm and, and uh, the storm is so great that water is getting into the boat and, and there's a fear of drowning or the, or the boat sinking. So what they would do is they would take all the heavy stuff out of the boat and toss it out of the, the, the boat to make the boat lighter so that the boat won't sink. So it's a common thing that, that they do to save their lives. In the same way, when we go through these trials, God is taking out stuff out of our lives that need to be taken out of our lives so that we won't sink in trial, but that we will be able to bear it and endure it. Amen. So you see, when, Paul's, when James says count it all joy, it's because we know why we're joyful. You know, it's not something we just all of a sudden say, yeah, let's get, come on, let's do this. Let's. No, because we know why we're going through these trials. And because of our attitude is we know it's coming. And when it comes, I'm going to rejoice because my confidence is in the end result. Because I know that I'm going to get through this. Because God said he will get me through this. And he promised that he will not allow these testings to overcome me or be so, so bad that, it, that it's beyond my strength or abilities. Because see, God is trying to do something. There's something that he's trying to do in us. There's in, well, uh, let me not get ahead of myself. Go with me to Psalm, uh, Matthew chapter 5. We may not be able to understand the specific reasons for God's allowing certain experiences in our lives, but we can be confident that his plan is for our good. Amen. So what may look hopeless or impossible to us never looks that way to God. Matthew chapter five, I love what Jesus says here. He says, rejoice. First of all, in verse 11, he says, he talks about blessed are those who are persecuted for my sake. But then in verse 12 he says rejoice. And be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they. The prophets which were before you. So you see how this word great. Uh, exceeding greatness. Or joy or gladness. Those are words that are constantly being used. When we're facing trials. But see that's. See when you're rejoicing. And you find it all joy. is because you have this confidence you know that you're not going to be moved. I love what 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says. He says, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Be steadfast and unmovable. You know, well, we'll go there. Go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 and verse 3, Paul says, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. James chapter 1 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, knowing what? That something is about to happen. That, the, that your faith is being tested 
Why? Because your faith will produce something. When your faith is being tested, it's getting to a place, to a point where it's become so strong that it begins to develop other areas of your life. In this case, the Bible says it worketh patience. That word patience means endurance or perseverance. Being able to be steadfast no matter what comes your way. And the reason why God wants us to be that way is because, listen, it's God's will, according to Romans 8.29, God predestinated this, that we all be conformed into the image of His Son. And see, when you're going through trials, it's not about us. It's not self-centered, it's Christ-centered. Amen. And you know, when you're going through trials, there's something in us that God wants to reveal. There's something that God wants to unveil. And that's the glory of God. The glory of the Lord. You know, when um, I know one person, I know him very well. Known him for years. And this person is just a great man of God. I respect and admire him. And he was a man that's always joyful. This guy was always smiling. Always rejoicing. Always had a kind word. Always had an encouraging word. But in all the years that I've known him, I've only known twice in his life where he reached a, a, a point of darkness. And the last time, the last one that he went through, he lost everything he loved. But I watched him over the years and he never complained and he rejoiced and he, and he never lost that joy. And then watching that and seeing him come through that stuff and go through that darkness and then f- see the end result, how God restored him and blessed him a hundredfold. I learned a lot about that, watching him. That person is Pastor Ray. Probably one of the best examples I've seen in my life of a person who persevered through tough times, through a period of darkness, having lost everything, but stayed faithful, rejoiced, and never lost his joy. And through that time, you talk about his faith being tested, but it produced so much because it produced endurance, perseverance, and in the end, look how God blessed him. I can share the same thing in my own personal life, and I've seen my share of, uh, of trials. And it's always, you know, when you're going through trials and sometimes you have this peace inside of you, it's, you can't explain it. But you know that it's the Spirit of God telling you it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's that still small voice. And you know, I tell you, when I hear that, I get so encouraged. Because, it, and, you know, and that's what stirs up the joy in you. And you know what? This joy that Paul talks, that James talks about, it's not a joy that comes naturally. But it's a supernatural joy. It's a joy that comes from the Holy Ghost. It's a joy that the Bible describes as being unspeakable. Hallelujah. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And when you're going through trials, that Spirit will stir up that joy. And you know what? You're going to find yourself resisting that joy. But you know what? Don't resist it. Don't resist it because the Holy Ghost wants wants you to share that joy. That's what He's given it to you for. And so when you rejoice in the midst of of, of, of trials and, and persecution, people will look at you and say, how can you do that? But you know what I love about that? It's the end result. Yes. 
when they see the end result, all they can do is give glory to God. All they can do is, I want to serve the God you serve. Because I've never seen that before. And so when you're, you're giving glory to the Lord, when you count it all joy. And you know, when you look at temptations, you will not look at it again. Uh, uh, you won't look at this the same again. And when I say temptations, I'm not talking about being tempted to sin. I'm talking about these trials. I'm talking about these everyday life situations that come your way. And when you're facing those trials, you'll never look at it the same if your attitude is right. So we talked about the first attitude is expect trials. The second attitude is to rejoice in those trials. And then the third attitude is to endure those trials. Amen. Go with me. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Go back to James chapter 1. Three attitudes we need to develop. Expect trials. Rejoice in those trials. And endure those trials. First Peter says, count it all joy when you find yourselves in diverse temptations or trials or testings. Knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance, I'm reading that from the New American Standard Bible. And let endurance have its perfect result that you, so that you may be perfected and complete, lacking nothing. Here we're told that trials have a definite purpose. That word trying or try is the same word as testing, but it speaks of a process that is done when refining precious metals. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, and Peter uses this analogy. 1 Peter chapter 1 is just the next book over. In verse 7 it says that the trial of your faith or the trying of your faith be much more precious than gold that perishes though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So Peter used the analogy of faith going through fire. When gold is purified, raw gold has to be melted so that the impurities can be skimmed off. But for it to do that, it has to be heated in 1900 degree Fahrenheit heat. Now that's pretty hot. But when it does that, they are able to, all the impurities will rise up and then it can skim it off. So in the end, when it comes through that fire, it becomes solid, pure gold. Understand what God is trying to do through these trials. He's trying to get us to a place where we become solid, pure, complete, strong, nothing, wanting nothing. That's what he wants us to bring us to. That's the place that he wants to think. But sometimes it takes pressure for us to get to that place. And one of the wonderful things that I love about God, and I always keep reminding myself, is that God begun a good work in me, 
and he promised to continue it unto the day of our Lord. That's why the Bible describes Jesus as the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. So God does the same thing with our faith. He allows our faith to enter into the fire and he allows these trials and afflictions to draw out the impurities in our lives so that in the end we can come out and again I, I keep saying this end result and you know and, and when you always look at that joy that's set before you in the same way that Jesus also looked before him that'll help you to get through any trials that you go through because go with me to Psalm 112 Psalm 112 one of my favorite psalms Beginning in verse 1, it says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. Look down in verse 7. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Look at verse 8. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he sees his desire upon the enemies. What a tremendous attitude to have that when you trust in the Lord and your heart is fixed and you're focused at the end result, no matter what you go through, hallelujah, you're going to get through that. No bad news will affect you. No fear will hinder you. You know, I love the Apostle Paul. One of the greatest examples is when the Apostle Paul was in prison. And we know that he's, he's accomplished some great things, writing two-thirds of the Bible, traveling throughout the ancient world, establishing churches and preaching the gospel everywhere, saving many lives, and then training leaders, doing some tremendous work. And then he got imprisoned. So being in prison, he was limited to what he can do. Physically, he could not go out and visit all the other churches. He could not train the leaders. He could not establish any more churches. But the Bible just says that the word of God or the preaching or his ministry was not hindered, even though he was still in prison. And sometimes we come in a place where we find ourselves in situations and we think that we cannot accomplish anything. We think that our situation, our trials, hinder us from moving forward. But when you start thinking that, you, you just defeated yourself. But you don't need to think about that because, again, no matter what you're going through, understand that God is with you and God is faithful and God is going to get you through that because God is still working and he's still not through. Don't close the book on God. Don't say the end. You don't have the final say. What right do you have to say this is it? Why don't you let God determine that? Yes. It'd be so much easier if you just let God, it's in your hands. Yes. You have the final say in my life. Yes. I don't care what anybody else say about me. Amen. I don't care what anybody say. If I can't do it, don't worry about that. God, you can see me through. Yes. Amen. Yes. Count it all joy when you find yourself in diverse temptations. I want you to stand up with me right now. And I don't know what you're going through Tonight, maybe some of you are going through some terrible, tough, uh, tough trials. Maybe your faith is being tested right now. 
But let me encourage you tonight. Count it all joy. Expect trials to come. Rejoice in it. And then endure it. And you'll come through. And you cut on on top. Amen. So I want you to say this with me. Very simple. Count it all joy. Say it like you mean it. Now put I in there. I count it all joy. When I face diverse temptations, I count it all joy. When I face diverse temptations, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to come to the other end. And I'm coming out on top. Hallelujah. Glory. Let's give God the glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm ready to face my next trial, man. How about you? (laughs) I I can wait. But if it comes, I'll count it all joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 